Hey guys, this is your host Umi Ruman, and you have tuned into Life Happens for Real podcast, where our primary focus is to search for stories from around the world to help people who are grappling with a similar situation. So today's story is both an obstacle course and a gripping story of hope. From losing her mother to breast cancer at 16. dealing with an abusive dad to becoming a successful fitness and life coach yes ladies and gentlemen here on my show today i have with me maggie dong putting into perspective she is a fitness and a life coach she's a fitness and a life coach and a podcaster whose her aim is to help people master mental their mental emotional and physical fitness If anybody wants to connect to Maggie, he can he or she can connect to my Ma- uh, to her uh, with her at her email Maggie Dong Fitness at the rate of gmail dot com. So let's welcome Maggie Dong to the show. Welcome to the show, Maggie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So am I. I'm I'm like even more excited. So can we start? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Let's start from the right from your childhood. How was this little Maggie when she was a child? I mean, how was the environment in her house? So, can you expand a bit on it? Yeah, so when I was younger, my dad was abusive and I didn't really have a relationship with him because he was always at work. He had his own business. He was running this company and he didn't really care about his family that much it was mostly just about his business all the time and over time we kind of just grew apart so he he was this absent parent and he was also a bit abusive both emotionally and physically for a while thankfully he stopped doing that later on and i had my mom she I mean she was amazing until you know she she got breast cancer when I was 10 and that was when everything started going downhill a little bit. So would you say that your dad was abusive? Like if you could mention how many siblings did you have because you know it kind of let me lets me kind of puts into perspective that did he was he abusive to him too or her too? So I have a brother who is yeah. 5 years younger than me so i'm the oldest child and he was only abusive towards me and oh my god yeah and until i think until i was around 5 so by the time my brother was born he stopped doing that so my brother got pretty lucky and if i may ask like why was he abusive to just you know maggie He was abusive towards my mom too. So he had an anger issue up until when I was around 5. And I mean even when I I you know wasn't born when my mom was pregnant with me, he was abusive towards her while she was pregnant and he just had this anger issue. Okay, he had the anger issue. And who mm-hmm. else was in your family? Is it was it just your mom, dad, you and your brother? 
Yeah, mostly just the four of us. I mean, I I had grandparents as well, but I'm not close with my grandparents at all because they they didn't really want me when I was born. So. So they didn't want you like like, you know, I want to emphasize on this. What does it mean? Were you an unwanted child? So. So in, in the culture, so I, I come from a Chinese family and uh-huh. they did not want girls pretty much. So so they were expecting a boy or my grandparents okay. wanted a son. And when I was born and I was not a boy, they weren't really that happy. And they told my parents that they still want a son and I was just this like kind of unwanted by my grandparents and when my brother was born my grandparents were extremely happy. So maybe this was the reason that your dad was very abusive? Possibly. I mean my dad grew up I know in his own childhood his parents so my grandparents were abusive towards him too so I think that's where he learned it from. Yeah, I mean, that is what I can conclude. Maybe because you were a girl, so therefore he was abusive. Because you said that he was abusive to you only. And and, and to my mom, so... Yeah, I, I, I got it. I, to your mom. I don't know, because maybe they didn't have that compatibility or something. Possibly. I don't know the details with him and my mom, mm-hmm. but I know that he he did work on his anger issue so pretty much by the time my brother was born i think his anger issue was calming down a lot and uh because i conclude that you were an unwanted child how did little maggie deal with it all well my my grandparents didn't really like me but my my parents especially my mom she she loved me and I was, I mean, treated pretty well by my parents for the most part. And I think from my childhood, I do remember having a lot of emotional traumas from my childhood that I later on had to heal from and had to work through a lot of that stuff. But I think overall, I I had a pretty good childhood I would say like my mom treated me really well and I really enjoyed most of my childhood except for my my relationship with parents and my or my my dad and my relationship with my grandparents yeah because your mom treated you well yeah my mom she was always there for me Mm mm-hmm so what happened after that? I mean, when, uh, you know, like this, you live, you were living in the house. Did you leave the house? Like, how old were you when you left the house? Or did you stay in the house? I mean, I, I pretty much stayed in the house until, like, I lived with my, my parents until, yeah. you know, my, my dad went to jail and, my mom then passed away and then that's when I started living alone so that's when I was 16. Okay this is another aspect that you know uh, your dad went to jail and if I may know like why did he went to why did he go to jail I mean what happened? So he was accused of something in his business Mm -hmm. and 
so he's in jail in China and the politics there are like you're you are uh, not innocent un- un- until you somehow prove yourself of your innocence so they put you in jail first until you find a reason for them to let you out so that's why he's there it was all because of the business yeah it was something business related because he had his his company he had like hundreds of employees and i think something went wrong mm-hmm. so when you uh, left the house where did you go exactly well i didn't necessarily leave the house mm-hmm. i like after my mom passed away because i was living with my mom and my brother so the three of us and after my mom passed away I lived in the house that my my mom had for a while until I started college and I and I went away for college. Okay. So where did you uh, exactly go? Um so I went to college in LA. Mm-hmm. I I was originally from the Bay Area, so I pretty much just went went down to southern california okay and now i'm in san diego because i dropped out of college okay i want to know this phase that you know when you moved to california so therefore when did your mother get diagnosed of breast cancer um that was when i was 10 okay and you were quite you know a little child you were a little child that time Yeah, I was pretty young and I think my first memory of my mom's cancer was when she got surgery, I think when I was 10 for they were removing the tumor and and that's when I knew that she had breast cancer. And it was just you, your brother and your mom living together that time. Well, at that time we also had my dad because okay. I was 10. Yeah. Okay, okay. So because I thought maybe you know how did this little Maggie deal with all of this uh, you know trauma so uh, did your dad uh, treat your mother well at the time you know when she had got when she had cancer I definitely think he had treated her a lot better by that time and he he was there for her when when she went through the surgeries and all that but obviously he couldn't do that anymore later on because he got really busy with his business and then he got put in jail okay so your dad kind of left you guys well he was always just like focused on business okay. and it just business got so busy that he started neglecting yeah, family yeah. a little bit more Yeah, that's what I can conclude. That's what I can say. That you he kind of neglected the family. Mm-hmm. And how did you deal with that phase that, you know, that also you were close to your mom and how did you deal with that phase, you know, the cancer phase? Well, when I'm I was sure 10, it would have been difficult. Yeah, when I was 10, I mean, I think I didn't know a lot at the time, mm-hmm. so I couldn't really process it until I was a little bit older. So by the time when I was maybe like 14 or 15, that's when I really started processing the whole cancer and what was happening. 
So when I was 10, I, I didn't know the seriousness and the extent of, of the cancer. And at that time, you were going to college, right? No. So I went to college when I was 18. So after my mom passed. Mm -hmm. So she passed away at 16, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So what did you do after that? Like, because obviously, you know, you had to, you had, you had to kind of take, uh, you know, you had to take care of your brother and all. How did you do all that? Because your dad at this point of time, he was not there. Right. So, I mean, I've been pretty independent Mm -hmm. when, even when my mom, but right, like right before she passed away, I was taking care of her a lot. So when she passed away, I really had to just step into the role that my mom was playing so she was she she took care of a lot of things and I really had to start learning that and step into that adulthood pretty much overnight and I actually so when I was 17 like very soon after my mom passed away I went to court and became an emancipated minor so that's when the court reviews all of your background and all that stuff and they declare you to legally be an adult as a minor. So you can become an emancipated minor. I didn't understand this. How did you, how does this kind of go on? So yeah, here in the States, you can go to court and ask the court to declare you to be an adult, but it's, it's difficult to have that pass because obviously there are a lot of conditions that they have to check when mm-hmm. when when they declare you to be an adult but i went to court and they they passed my <laughs> declaration and i know that where i was from in santa clara county at the courts there i think every year they only pass on average one emancipation case and I happen to be that one that year okay Okay. I just understand that how difficult it would have been I mean uh, what did you do after that so after that I went to college Uh, so I started college about a year after my mom passed away Mm -hmm. and yeah so I moved to LA to start my my new chapter of my life and where was your brother at that time was he studying yeah so he still was in the bay area and we actually were able to find him another family that he can stay with and it's his friend's family, so he he's still staying with them. You left him with another family, okay. And you were living alone, is that so? Well, when I moved to LA, I, I started living on the college campus. Okay, okay. Uh, so how did you, how was the college phase for you? if I may know, because, and even not only the college phase, because, you know, after your mother passed away, it would have had a dramatic impact, you know, on your mental health. Uh, 
So tell me more about that. Mm. So I did go through a period of depression, anxiety, Uh eating disorder. And yeah, it it was a lot on, on my mental health and going into college. Those were the things that I really had to work on. And I did go to a lot of therapy over two years uh, after my mom passed away and worked on a lot of the mental issues that I was dealing with because I realized that if I didn't deal with my grief and loss, if I if I was still crying all the time, that I couldn't really, you know, continue on with my life. Yeah, that's, that's very important. You have to kind of let go of the grief somehow. But I mean, uh, tell me more about this phase because it's very, it is going, this, this thing is going to benefit the audience more. Like, how did you deal with your mental health issues? What did you exactly do? And also uh, tell me more about your eating disorders. Mm-hmm. So I had my eating disorder because after my mom passed away, I had lost control in a lot of areas of my life and I pretty much my life just changed upside down and I I kind of used food and exercise as a way of holding on to control in my life so that that's where the eating disorder came from because I was trying to control something and I and I used my body to as that way of controlling so after that, I realized, obviously, I couldn't keep up with the diets and the exercising. So I decided that I needed to create a healthy and balanced lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I then took the next, I want to say, year or so trying to create a healthier balance in my diet and and get back to my healthy body but after I got to the body that I wanted I realized that I still wasn't happy in my life because I still had the mental health issues like depression anxiety and I was still missing my mom and had all these childhood traumas from my dad so I like I said went to a lot of therapy I also just did a lot of work by myself because I think going to therapy is one thing but outside of therapy like the 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 person going through it has to be able to work through these things by by him or herself so I did a lot of that work by myself and picked up you know different habits like journaling and I was just working through the these things from the past and even though it was painful I would say it was worth it so does journaling help yeah I would say journaling is one of the ways that that really helps I think to work through a lot of the stuff I still journal Mm -hmm. from time to time and yeah it's definitely one of the ways so you kind of write everything out right write out everything Mm-hmm. So whatever you're feeling, mm-hmm. you write it out, and there there are really no rules to journaling. You can write whatever it is that you want to write. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is uh, that really helps, right? Yeah, I definitely think journaling plays a big role in in you know working through a lot of 
issues and traumas. So how much time did it take you to kind of, you know, get rid of these eating disorders and obviously the depression and the anxiety phase? Say maybe like a year and a half mm-hmm. after my mom passed away, I I I started working through the eating disorder and the depression, anxiety and yeah, I think it took about a year and a half to fully get through all of that were you all alone in the journey did you did your dad ever look back at you uh so i mean so, nowadays you know he he, could, he should realize he would have realized that you know he has a family to take care of yeah i think he does realize that he has a family to take care of but it's just he has no choice at this point because it's very difficult to communicate with him when he's in jail in China mm-hmm. so yeah i mean he does reach out from time to time but we don't constantly communicate okay so um so you were all alone in this journey or did you find a support system like you know when you were dealing with the all the anxiety uh, st- stage you know anxiety phase I would say mostly my therapist was there to help. And other than that, I mean, I was dealing with a lot of stuff on my own because people, other people didn't understand what I was going through, especially the people my age. Like no one my age was going through the things that I was going through. Yeah. So how was your college phase about all? Yeah. So my college, when I started, I was still, you know, working through a little bit of that eating disorder and the mental health issues. But after a year of college, I decided that I wanted to start my business. So after my first year, I said, you know, I just want to try this new thing out. So I did that at the beginning of my second year of college. And yeah, after two years of college, I dropped out. So you dropped out because you wanted to start your own business? Well, I, I, I had already started two years. So my second year of college, I started my business. And then after I completed my second year, I dropped out. So when you told people that, you know, you wanted to start your own business, how did they react? Not well. <laughs> people okay. were making fun of me for wanting to do that because I was I was 18 at the time and people were saying well you're probably gonna fail or yeah "Yeah, you're gonna start a business and and, like everyone was making fun of me especially in college because no one else was doing it did you have somebody with you you know at that time to discuss it with to kind of vent your feelings out I had maybe like a couple people in my life where I would talk to from time to time like I did have a few people who were supportive of me when I started in my business but for the majority of my business people were not that supportive and I was actually also dating some someone at the time and my uh-huh. boyfriend at the time okay. he was not he he was not supportive at all of my business so he's not supportive no, so I ended that relationship uh, <laughs> six months ago, but okay. that that re- that relationship wasn't 
the one that I wanted, that I wanted, was, because you can say it was yeah, a toxic one. I it was toxic to a degree, but for the most part, we just didn't click that well. Okay, you didn't click that well. So people started making fun of you. How did you deal with all that? I mean, you know, you have to rise above it. Yeah, so I think it just comes down to not caring about what yeah. people think. And, and I mean, people won't understand you, especially if you're doing something different. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I just needed to shut out the noise of the world and, and keep on doing what I really wanted to do. And I know this would not have been easy. It was It was hard. It took a toll on my mental health again and I was crying pretty much every day at the beginning of my business because I felt like I had lost a lot of people in my life as well when I was starting the business because when people don't agree with you like I and I didn't want to you know keep up with that so yeah obviously you know it happens with everyone that you know when mm -hmm. people are laughing and they're not understanding you it, it pretty much happens with everyone. So finally, when did you really start your restart your business? I mean, I didn't restart. I just kept on going. Mm -hmm. I, I just kept on going until, you know. Tell me, tell, I'm, tell me more about your business. What was it like? Yeah, so I just, at, at first, I just started off with fitness Mm -hmm. coaching like like only physical fitness I was coaching people on nutrition and workouts and helping people get their dream bodies because I had overcome the eating disorder and I found a healthy and balanced way of of living this lifestyle so I wanted to help other people with that as well and slowly I realized you know just having the body is not going to make people completely happy and completely satisfied. So that's when I expanded my business to more than just the physical part. So, so now I do the four areas of fitness. So the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So that's this holistic transformation that we're creating. And that's kind of beautiful, I must say. I mean, you have dealt with everything in the past and now you that is what you're doing. You know, you're helping people get through it. Thank you. Yeah, that's kind of, that's so beautiful. I mean, this is not very easy. You know, you've dealt with everything in the past and you're actually doing it now. And yeah, like, okay, now this is, I think, the most important question of the session that how did you, it, uh, like the thing is that how did you rise about it? And what were the concrete learnings you had from all of this? Mm, I definitely think that the thing that I learned the most uh -huh. was to not let fear hold me back from okay. doing what I really want to do. Because, you know, when you're starting something new or when you're working through things from the past, there's going to be fear present and it's not going to feel comfortable. Like when I work through my childhood traumas, going back to, you know, the days where I was abused and losing my mom and, you know, being unwanted as a child, like that wasn't something that I wanted to look at because it yeah. was so uncomfortable for me. But it's about overcoming 
that fear and doing something regardless of whether whether it makes you feel comfortable or not because if you really want to make a change in your life it's not going to be comfortable and starting my business I was getting laughed at even when I dropped out of college people were telling me well you shouldn't do that because you know you can have this degree and why would you give that up and it's about listening to what you really want to do instead of taking everybody else's opinions into consideration because truly you're not going to please every single person yeah exactly yeah and the only person you need to worry about is yourself and overcoming your own fears so one of them was fair and the second one like what did you learn from abuse hmm I had to learn forgiveness that one really taught me how to forgive because for a long time I was holding on to that from the past and blaming my dad for a lot of the things that he did to me but realized you know that we can't change the past and the things that happened to us they're here to teach us something and what I learned from that was the ability to forgive people and and for everything that they are doing and I'm grateful for that experience now because nowadays I can forgive people so easily. Like if, if somebody does something to me, I just forgive instantly because I was able to forgive my dad. And was it that easy? It wasn't easy to forgive my dad, but yeah. now I'm at a point where I can forgive people very easily. And yeah, obviously now you're at a point where you can forgive people easily. So this was, uh, if we kind of summarize it, it was fair, you know, to get out of your fear and obviously to forgive people easily. And any more learnings? I would also say turning these adversities into, into gifts, because I think a lot of the times when we look at our lives and the things that happened to us in the past we like to play the victim and I was playing the victim for a long time I was you know asking why is this happening to me it's so unfair that all of these things are happening but yeah. if you can just reframe that if you can choose to see everything as a gift and choose to be grateful for the things that happen to you and realize that these things are going to teach you and make you who you are if you choose to rise above it and I think that was one of the valuable things I learned as well that is so beautiful turning adversities into gifts because it's I know it's not very easy and you have done it and where is this uh where is Maggie Dong now how does she really see herself where does she really see herself Mm, so right now I am living in San Diego and you know just doing my passion my business full-time and I'm doing fitness and life coaching and I do a lot of podcasting and it's it's been great I I love who I am and I love where I'm going because I know that there were so many things that I've been able to overcome in the past I want to say four years because I lost my mom when I was 16 and now I'm 20. So it's been four years and my life has completely changed in the past four years. I feel like I lived 
probably like half a lifetime. That's how I feel like. <laughs> and and I mean, I'm I'm really proud of myself for the life that I've been I've been able to create. And I think my next you know couple of years, it's it's gonna be amazing because I have been through so much. Yeah, you've been through so much, and I appreciate that. You know, have you all have you dealt with it all? Oh my God, listening to your story was beautiful. I must say. Thank you. And now you're living all alone, or has your dad kind of come back? Uh, so my dad is still in jail. Oh my uh, God. Okay. Yeah, he he's still in jail, and I live I I, I live by myself now in San Diego. And I mean, I've always just enjoyed living by myself anyway. It, it feels nice to just be on my own, especially after all the things that have happened to me. And I nowadays, I, I don't, I don't interact with a ton of people just because I feel like, you know, like we we're talking about earlier, people will always have an opinion yeah. about what what you're doing in your life and I want to make sure that the people in my life are actually there to support me that's that's really beautiful and it was it was a pleasure having you like I must say it was a pleasure talking to you thank you so much for your time Maggie thank you for being here thank you for having me this was great so yeah, like also guys of looking to connect, as I always say, if you have a story that may help heal and inspire others, please connect with me at my email, umiruman2321 at the rate of gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in.